These listeners in Europe, is it afternoon there at the moment? Mate, listen, we're in Australia, this is the real time, okay? It's afternoon here and that's how we address the people. No, Tamer, it's a worldwide oh, podcast. Alright. You can't say good afternoon. Well, how about a welcome to this week's episode of The Crypto Class. Okay, Tamer, that's a lot, lot better. I'm Deb. And I'm Tamer. Tamer, welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. It's been no, a while. It has been a while. It's been a whole seven days. Yeah, we, haven't, we don't speak to each other... Unless it's over a microphone and a laptop. That's right, because we hate each other personally, but, you know, business is business. <laughs> <laughs> How's your week been, Tamer? Tell the listeners what you've been up to. My week's been um, great. I've been struck with a little bit of a flu. Yeah. Um, so, we, we so had to re-record a good afternoon uh, it was, skit. It was hard for me to... A few times. To try and... Get oh, it, I wish so. we had the outtakes of that. It was hilarious. <laughs> um, okay, Tamer. So, who yeah. did we have on last week in our show? So, last week we had um, Sonic Chang from ValueNet Capital... Um, and then we had uh, Mike Taylor from Modem. Modem. It was so, a great episode. Great episode. A long episode. Long episode. Um, this week might be a little bit shorter. Yeah, definitely. So, why don't, you, why don't you tell them who we've got then? So, this week we've got Jason Struhl mm-hmm. with his school with Struhl. The huge. Yep. Yep. And we've got a big one today. Oh, yeah. We've got James Lovejoy from The Simpsons. <laughs> Not Reverend Lovejoy. <laughs> oh, okay. James Lovejoy from Vertcoin. Oh, so he's actually the yeah. lead developer. Yeah, yep, yep. So should be interesting, really interesting to see what he's going to say. Should be interesting because we've seen a lot of... Uh, <laughs> sorry to cut you off there. But we've seen a lot of um, positivity um, about Vertcoin in the community. So it should be really interesting to hear what I mean, yeah, to. it is the community's coin. But mm. anyway, we'll let him explain all of that. Mm. Um, why don't we go... We've got some money to spend this week. Mm-hmm. Coins went up. So why don't we spend a few thousand on some news anchors? A few thousand? What are we getting? Degrade news anchors? Yeah, okay. $100,000. <laughs> That's better. Worth of anchors. <laughs> yeah, so that brings us to our weekly segment of the crypto class news. Okay, Tamar, let's get to it. When it comes to the most latest and the most breaking news, you know where to go. The Crypto Class News. First BTC, LTC, Lightning Network, swap completed, huge potential. Gox ICO, CEO floats token sale to revive Bitcoin exchange. The beginning, Tezos could open the doors for ICO litigation. Alright. There are news articles for this week. Yeah. Took us hours and hours. Oh, sorry, not us, the uh, journalists. Hours and hours to um, sort of dig them up. Yeah, so the first uh, topic, Tamer, or first article was um, the first BTC LTC Lightning Network swap completed. Mm. So for us, unindated, if that's a word, is that a word? What the hell is unindated? Do we just create words every week? Unindated is a word. Last week I created feasible and now you're (laughs) saying unindated. Isn't unindated a word? I don't know. It is. Anyway. For us that don't have the knowledge, mm-hmm. what is a lightning network swap, Tamer? So, a lightning swap, lightning network swap, is the swapping of the coins off the chain. So it's like an atomic swap, but it's actually off the so chain. So when you do the swap, you're like, oh man, that was off the chain. Anyway, back to my definition. Um, so the difference between a lightning swap, however, is that they're pretty much instant. Um, lower fees and it better protects one's privacy 
um, because this tra- the transactions aren't actually recorded on either blockchain. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's a lot. So it's like a conversion. Yeah, and like the significance of it is, like we said, because there's low fees, it's instant, it's private. I mean, it really spreads the message of where yeah. cryptocurrency is actually so what, trying to head towards. Do you see a big impact happening for Litecoin in? Yeah, I mean, because Bitcoin's got the flying; it's always going to fly. Yeah. But is um, will Litecoin um, be tethered with Bitcoin now? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. Um, I don't see it happening. But um, you know, in in relation to price impact, you saw what happened with Litecoin when this swap was completed. Yeah, there was quite oh, a, yeah. quite a healthy rise. Was that just um, a general news reaction, or was this actually a um, this um, rise? Was it founded? Well, it is founded because it, yeah, it's based. It has does have a basis because Litecoin was actually involved in the um okay. light not uh, the Lightning Network not, swap. Not Litecoin. Litecoin in the Lightning Network swap. So yeah. you know, it's not just one of those rumor things where it says, oh, you know, Litecoin's yeah. going to become the. So new maybe Bitcoin. we will see in the future the. So like right now, if you want to swap a token, so if say I've got um, Litecoin, I want to buy Neo. Mm. You have to go um Litecoin to uh to. Bitcoin or Ethereum and then to Neo. So yeah. this, this Unless remove, there's the pair. Yeah. Yeah. This so will remove that. And it'll also like, there will be no transaction recorded. Like, sometimes you look thing. at how much value your actual portfolio loses when you do those swaps. Yeah. The trades go down. Up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's one of the selling points is that there's lower fees yeah. instant as well. And just the fact that there's no transaction recorded. When you go from Bitcoin to, or when you go from Litecoin to Bitcoin to yeah. Neo, so, there's all, it's all recorded on the blockchain. So if someone stole your money, Currently, you could track how your money goes, couldn't you? Uh, as in, on your stole your so your, someone went to your account, your, yeah. your token or yeah. coin, yeah, yeah. You could you'll be able to track it because so it's this all recorded on the blockchain. This so there's no transaction recorded. So this is like it. um laundering when you think about it. No, it's not. It's not laundering. It's it's all about privacy at the end of the day. Yeah, it, because which is uh, the whole basis of Bitcoin. Yeah, stuff. yeah. You know, it's funny you say, actually say that. Um, I was reading this guy posted on Facebook like a scam message. Mm. So I decided to message him back. What did he say? And he was saying that um, his message was something like um, Bitcoin was made by the world's richest person, Bill Gates. <laughs> and that, um, <laughs> that all banks are going to get removed and they're going to be a centralized Bitcoin bank. Was, did he say Illuminati confirmed at the end? <laughs> oh, it was just fine. I was having a bit of fun last night. Anyway, on to the next... Sounds like you had a great Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, the next article, anyway, <laughs> um, is about Gox. Yeah, so what's Gox, Tamer? So, Gox was the, um, the, the, exchange. the Bitcoin exchange from Japan. I think we covered it last yeah. week. So, yeah, there was a blog post by the CEO, um, Carpellis. 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 Carpellis, you know. Whatever. Yeah, that's his name now, if it's not. Yeah. He's, it's not like he's listening. He's going to attack us for pronouncing oh, his name wrong. Oh, he does listen to it. He's like, hey, it's me, Carpellos, over here. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he, he wrote a blog post and said the uh, he could launch an ICO to raise money to hypothetically revive uh, Mt. Cox. <laughs> Do we have to even say anything about this? I don't, I don't know. It's, it's just interesting, uh, you know, that he could uh, put that out there. It'll be interesting the people that will actually invest in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, considering that huge security breach, will anyone be able to trust it if it actually was revived? I mean, yeah, no. 
Stick to your... But you know what they say, any news is good news. So, you know, if, if it was to happen and everyone's like, oh, yeah, but know, everyone, everyone, will, be talking, yeah, everyone will be talking about it and saying, don't go here, don't go here, because it's... Then, like, yeah, but it'll be in the spotlight. $4 million. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know about you, Carpellas. Anyway, next article. <laughs> the beginning, Tamer. Uh, Tezos could open doors for ICO litigation. Mm. So, Tezos has actually been hit... With two lawsuits. Yeah, so this is actually a big deal, Tamer. Mm. So they've been hit with two lawsuits recently. Mm. And what this actually does is it opens um, ICOs to be sued. Yeah. If they're successful, the people that are suing um, Tezos, mm. then you can see your everyday investor mm. suing these ICOs. Yeah, it will be a massive precedent for the future. Um, and you had Sarah Hanks, the CEO of CrowdCheck, um, which is a consultancy that assists entrepreneurs and investors with crowdfunding campaigns. Was that just the top of your head? Huh? Was that from the top of your head? Obviously. <laughs> Everything's off the top of the dome. Um, she told Coindesk, um, these are in her words, we know a number of plaintiff lawyers around the country who are just basically collecting lists of ICOs and going, hmm, I'm going to sue these people. So, this is... I mean... That's the thing is that uh, as we're becoming more of a um, accepted currency around the world, mm. um, it's going to be mm. open to being sued. Yeah, and, it's, and more, compl- yeah, it's more business for these for these lawyers because they're saying, you know, this is a big, it's a growing industry. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, crap going on in there and there's a lot of breaches. Mm-hmm. So why not attack attack this industry and make no attack know, a ton but of protect money. the people yeah but I'm just saying like oh, in, terms, in terms of them like they're just like well we can make a lot so of money so how long does this. it take to get your bar huh <laughs> your lawyer become a lawyer you need to get your bar you know what that what's is what's a bar you need to pass your bar I've never heard of that okay so, so I think that means that we should pursue becoming lawyers I think it seems to be the hot thing to be right now in crypto we've, <laughs> yeah. become, we've made Lawyer. a podcast now we're crypto lawyers yeah that's it that's it we might as well um, but yeah, no, look, it's, uh, it's quite interesting and, um, it'll be interesting to follow that and see how it actually ends up. Yeah. So discussing these news topics, Tamar, has led me to one thing. What is that? that we Inner still- peace? Huh? Inner peace? No, no, no. That we still don't know enough. So one thing we do need, Tamar, is our teacher. Mm. Okay. And that teacher is Jason Struhl. It is Jason Struhl and I believe we've got him on the line to help us. Welcome back Jason Struhl, it's Ooh. lovely to have you back on. Welcome, Thanks, Jason. Guys. We've missed you. Thank you. It's as usual. lovely to be here. You know, one week is too long, almost. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't stand that that time. Because away when from when you're a kid, you go to school uh, yeah. five days a week. You see yeah. teachers mm-hmm. five times a week. Yeah, and then you, it's it's a week apart. Our sensei over here. Yeah, oh. we haven't we've only seen <laughs> once a week. Is a perfect word for him, isn't it? It's like I know the world the world can be cruel, guys. No, <laughs> I, I I appreciate that very much. Thank have you. you. How have you been, mate? I've been good. Great, actually. Um, Team Abacus, another shameless plug, is is doing really well, and we've uh, we have some big news to announce about being bringing uh, compliant SEC compliant ICOs to the market. We can talk more about that in another week or two. But uh, yeah, things have been going great. Awesome. Hopefully, next week we can have a an Abacus segment, and when you announce the school with Stool, you can say, uh, "Welcome to School with Stool, sponsored by Abacus." <laughs> Hell yeah! Let's uh, let's 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 talk about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, what have you got for us this week? So this week, I wanted to talk a little bit about these these Bitcoin futures um, that everybody is you know rallying the price of Bitcoin behind. So before the shenanigans 
uh, of last week uh, and the whole Bitcoin cash fiasco, which we did cover last time. Um, and I would just like to know that it did, in fact, seem to be your classic pump and dump, just proving that even at Bitcoin scale, uh, it is far from immune from crass manipulation by a few of the whale puppeteers, if you will. But anyway, um, it sort of occluded the news of, of this Bitcoin cash being, I'm sorry, of, this, of the Bitcoin being supported by the Chicago Mercantile Exchange facilitating futures contracts. And so now there's been some news pouring out uh, from various executives and people involved in, in, in monetary control saying that this is, this is really frightening because it could destabilize the whole economy. And um, they're, I don't know if they're wrong or right, but it definitely is kind of kind of scary. So I just wanted to quickly go over what futures are, and that we're talking about, you know, real world investment vehicles here, um, and and why it might be kind of frightening that that the CME is going to start supporting Bitcoin, and now there's Ethereum derivatives from some mysterious entity that are being announced soon. Um, so so these more speculative investment vehicles are certainly going going to be available. Um, in, and it will be a bridge between formal capital and, and crypto. But anyway, so futures contract, quite simply, is two parties that are getting together, and one and they're basically agreeing to uh, one party is agreeing to buy an asset or a commodity at a future date for a predetermined price. The other party being the seller of that asset or commodity. So the, how that really looks and works in the real world is. Originally, mostly something that was done with commodities, and now it can be done with almost anything. Anyway, the great example is an airline wanting to buy jet fuel. The price of fuel is very volatile, and so they may be able to determine that, um, I'm just making this up, at, at $6 a gallon, it's it's quite a lot more than the market rate, but we can still remain profitable. And if we know we're locked in at $6 a gallon, we can create a sustainable pricing model and and promise our shareholders that we'll be in the black uh, for the next, you know, three years. So we're going to buy oil futures and I believe, uh, or jet fuel futures. I believe Southwest airlines did this and it saved their asses big time during, during one of the last fuel spikes anyway. So, and the gasoline company or, or, or jet fuel refiner, somebody like that might have the opposites perspective. Oh, there's the planes are getting more efficient. There's overproduction for whatever reason they, they, they want to take the opposite stake. And so the airline agrees to sort of buy, jet fuel at $6 a gallon, uh, and there's and there's a end date for this futures contract um, by, you know, January 1st, 2019, and they would enter into that contract today. Now, once that contract is set, um, it could be traded amongst sort of anybody participating in these, in these exchanges. Um, now, what's particularly troubling about these things is it allows, it's really a vehicle for companies to leverage themselves to the teeth, because unlike a lot of other financial instruments, you only usually have to put up about five, sort of a max, I think, of 10% of, of collateral. In other words, so now let's bring it to Bitcoin. If Bitcoin is 70-ish, $600 right now, $7,500 per Bitcoin, theoretically, if it was a futures contract for one BTC, I might, might only have to put up $750 or so, or maybe even half of that, depending on what the CME decides to do in order to buy a Bitcoin. So you could leverage yourself crazily. In other words, for the price of truly buying one Bitcoin, I could buy a futures contract for 10 The reason that becomes troubling is because during financial crises, we've seen this, um, when you buy something... Uh, when you buy a futures contract, you basically have to 
maintain a minimum amount in that account such that, so again, if it's 10%, they might want to always see about $750 in that account. And if the price of Bitcoin falls enough so that the value falls below that threshold, the brokers will ask the owners of these futures contracts to have an immediate capital infusion to make the account whole again and meet the minimum requirements. Um, and when they make those calls, if if somebody if the shit has really hit the fan or an asset class has really tanked, uh, oftentimes people can't afford to get provide that capital infusion, and the shit hits the fan. So it becomes particularly scary. Now there are some controls, by the way. Exchanges have ceilings and floors for how much a contract can change in price during one day, and there are other things to try to mitigate this. But it's all to say that with something like Bitcoin that is so volatile that it went from you know, almost 8,000 down to 5,500, now back up close to 8,000 again, all inside of a week. It's really, really interesting to think about a world where people are leveraging and putting so little actual equity into something like this. And and of course, you can borrow uh, to the to the hilt to buy more of these these contracts. And so basically, what a lot of these bankers are saying is it's 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 just far too volatile to create a futures contract on and allow people to leverage themselves to such a crass degree and buy something where um, they might be called to, to do capital infusions on, on a daily or a weekly basis uh, because, because the value is flying all over the place. And it's just basically another speculative implement with which to move markets. And of course, you know we know Wall Street and, and, and formal capital loves using vehicles like this. Um, options contracts work in a sort of similar way and derivatives. These are all sort of related investment vehicles. And so now that the doors are opening for Bitcoin to join that class, it's a good thing ostensibly because it means it's a way for formal capital who are used to operating on these markets to essentially buy Bitcoin in a way that that they're both legally and, and in a comfort basis set up to do. Um, and so you might see a lot more capital flood in. But on the other hand, they're going to buy them in an inherently unstable manner. And it's bad enough when you're talking about something like oil or a crop or whatever, or an underlying asset class. Um, but when you're dealing with something that is just so volatile like crypto, it kind of makes you wonder, is it a good idea to allow people to buy this and leverage themselves and only put 5 or 10% of the capital for the contract up front? So that's why people are freaking out. That's why it's, it's uh, aroused a lot of suspicion. And I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. It's certainly an inevitable thing. Hopefully, the giant infusion in capital will actually help stabilize the price of crypto. But, you know, we've lived through enough tumultuous financial times to see that even the, with the best of intentions, um, corporate finance can can really screw with things and, and destabilize economies. So uh, as Bitcoin becomes bigger and bigger and bigger, there's going to be more uh, financial implements of possible destruction with which to engage in. And, you know, this activity becomes increasingly riskier as as the amount you're leveraging goes up. So. Uh, that's kind of the the spiel on that, why people are so concerned. And you can just imagine that there's going to be futures trading going into some of the smaller altcoins eventually at some point, and people are going to find all sorts of ways to use uh, investment vehicles and buying crypto on margin and mm. even even crypto option contracts and all the rest. So uh, that's kind of the spiel and a, and a rare incorporation of the actual you know, uh, traditional financial mechanisms into crypto but that will someday seem like the norm. Yeah, definitely. Another great lesson 
Mm, yeah, definitely. And I, I think I really agree with the whole aspect of like, you know, the, the financial uh, sort of inclusions by the, the bigger organizations and everything. So, mm. you know, it's the world we're, we're heading into and you can see the signs of it. So, yeah, no, I really appreciate it. And uh, we've learned a lot and I'm sure our listeners have learned a lot. So, um, yeah, until next another time, great mate. lesson. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. It's a pleasure to be here as always and uh, looking forward to next week. All right. We'll catch you next week, Jason. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Of course. Cheers. All right, Tamer. I reckon we just increased our Bitcoin IQ bow by, by about 10 or 15. 10 or 15 what? Bitcoins? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was great. Um, as usual, giving us the goods. Um excited to see what he's going to bring to us uh, next week yeah I'm actually really excited about his project next time we should question him about his project question him what <laughs> yeah, are we okay. interrogating him or something well we are lawyers now <laughs> oh that's right yeah um speaking of lawyers yeah when someone is suing someone what do they ask for most commonly um, retribution yeah what type of retribution I'm not going to say what you want me to say. Monetary retribution. (laughs) Okay. What is the number one statistically proven use of money? (laughs) Food. (laughs) Investment into crypto. (laughs) That brings us to our segment, (laughs) Investment Challenge. Anything you can invest in. I can invest better. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. Anything you can invest in. I can invest better. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. All right. All right, all right. All right, Tamil. How did you go this week? Well, it was our first week back. You did invest 100, right? Yeah. Yeah. 100 AU dollars. 100 AU dollars. Not $180. Now, what I did was, Hmm? okay, my last one was ARK, okay? Yeah. And ARK's obviously um, a baller. But uh, I went into NEO. Okay. Oh. I went $100 into NEO. Interesting. Um, and there was a bit of a dip recently, yeah. um, but it's picked up quite a bit overnight, yeah. which has been great. Mm. Now, I haven't made a lot, but mm. I've profited. Okay? How much are you up? What I'm well, seeing... I, Bob, I think I know the answer to this. Are you up $108? <laughs> you looked at my thing, didn't you? No. Because I also invested into NEO. No way. Yeah. So you're on, what do you want? $108. <laughs> oh my God. When, I heard you wanted to invest the same time or something. Well, I did it straight after the yeah, show. Yeah, but like, yeah, but, yeah, but what, did, we must have like, we maybe we bought the same, <laughs> um, same sell order. So what happens now? Well, it's a draw. That means we have to create our own charity. <laughs> Wasn't that in the terms and conditions? How about we reinvest that 108 and go again? Yeah. All right. Don't yeah, make it like, if it's ever a draw, you just put whatever you have back. So if we drew at $10,000, we just put the $10,000 back in. Can you imagine if we, like, I think I said we, this I think we week. covered that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm actually gobsmacked. <laughs> well, <laughs> well bit... back, back again next week and um, hopefully it's not a draw. Do you, okay. And don't invest in what I invest in, you, you copycat. All right, Tamer. All right. Do you know someone who's not about draws, Tamer? Who? So a person that's only about wins. Mm-hmm. And one of those wins is a project by the name of Vertcoin. Oh, okay. I know where you're heading, mate. So, what I'm going to do 
Mm-hmm. Introduce you to someone. Okay. The lead developer of Vertcoin. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's James Lovejoy. Mm-hmm. Let's get to the interview, Tamer. Let's do it. Welcome, James Lovejoy, to the crypto class. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Really excited to have you on. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you on. Awesome. So, James, why don't you kick us off by telling us a bit about yourself and how you actually landed into the beautiful world of blockchain? Uh, well, I'm a, I guess, 20-year-old now uh, from Southeast London uh, in the UK. I got into the space in like mid-2013. Uh, I just started mining with the graphics card on my computer because uh, I had a gaming computer. Um, and at that time, I mean, you could mine Bitcoin and make what would be a significant amount of money today. I think to myself, if only I'd have left my single <laughs> graphics card running for all that time, I would be significantly <laughs> richer than I am now. Yeah. Um, but after a while, it, it just became uh, you know, not feasible for the average user to mine Bitcoin. Um, so then I migrated onto Litecoin, and the idea of that, originally at least, was to be mineable by normal people. But eventually, you know, Litecoin succumbed to the same thing that Bitcoin did. Uh, when finally I discovered Bitcoin, uh, and I think it had been around you know, for a few months already by this point, um, inspired by the fact that you know people were being pushed off of Litecoin mining, and yeah, I, I've been with that community ever since, and you know through just continued contributing, I've ended up like, leading the development team. Mm, that's awesome. So we understand Vertcoin is in a sense a people's coin, um, which is a financial system owned by the users. Can you explain to us uh, a bit more about what it actually is and maybe how we can use it? Yeah, so I mean, Vertcoin is you know, very similar to Bitcoin and, and Litecoin in, in most ways, uh, except that this, this key point is that with a modest investment, you know, any individual can go out and buy you know, hardware that you can buy in you know, your local high street uh, and build a miner and use that to participate in the system. Uh, the problem with Bitcoin and Litecoin is you, you can only be a passive observer, uh, i.e. you can't take an active role in decision making or you know, gaining the benefits of the transaction fees from people you know, sending money around. So the advantage is, is it mean it's a more uh, democratic form of money, and as you say, it's very much owned by its users rather than a set of other people who you have no control over. Okay, so a big thing that's been um, pushed recently um, is the aspect of ASIC resistance, uh, which mm. I think is absolutely great. Can you explain that for our listeners and the benefit of it? Yeah. So. Bitcoin and Litecoin now are mined by these uh, special devices called ASICs, uh, which stands for Application Specific Integrated Circuit. Uh, And it's essentially just a custom designed uh, chip uh, that only mines Bitcoin or only mines Litecoin. Uh, And as a result of that specialization, they're much faster than general hardware, like your normal computer. Uh, and a byproduct of that is they're very expensive to produce and they're very expensive to design. Uh, and what that has meant is that mining, at least for coins that are mined by these ASIC devices, uh, it means that the mining has become monopolized to a very small group of individuals. Uh, and that means those individuals are making all of the transaction fees and have an incredibly large say over 
uh, the rules governing the system. And we see this playing out most recently with the you know, Bitcoin Cash mm -hmm. and you know, Bitcoin 2x uh, forks, uh, where the miners are essentially trying to go in a different direction to what the majority of the users want. Uh, so with Farcoin, by being ASIC resistant, we try to prevent these devices from being used on the network uh, with the idea of keeping the mining in the hands of ordinary people with you know, reasonable levels of hardware. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, so I guess the the whole thing of atomic swaps, which has been sort of in the, uh, in the media lately, in a sense, and obviously most recently with uh, the Lightning Network sort of thing, which is um, an elevated form, but you've been involved with atomic swaps. Can you tell us the implications of this for Vertcoin? Well, for Vertcoin, it, it's going to mean that you're going to be able to trustlessly trade for other uh, Bitcoin-based crypto coins uh, over the internet. So I suppose you could imagine trading coins in the same way that maybe you know send an email with that level of ease uh, and with that level of trust required and you know that means no exchanges ultimately okay. uh, which is very exciting mm, awesome so vercoin is wholly funded by donations and developed by community managers and members um so it's a real love story at the moment uh so can you explain to us if you have any big name members on your team or as advisors involved in vercoin at the moment uh, not really. I mean, we're very grassroots based. Uh, all the developers and people, like the people who contribute, I suppose, to the core project, uh, the nine people you see there listed on the website. Uh, but no, we, we don't really have any big name backers or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. It's which very is, organic. Yeah, which which I think is also, you know, is, is quite good because it's also like a, a sense of integrity in your team. Um, and you guys have obviously done an awesome job you're succeeding yeah. really well because yeah, so. at the moment you see like people have like a janitorial job at a big four company and they put it onto their website and they try to sell it as an advisor but when they have no real knowledge yeah 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 no that's that's awesome um so like where where can we see vertcoin heading in the future so we've obviously seen recently um you know there's been a lot of updates and and I, I've, I've seen personally the community really getting behind it um, where can we see Vertcoin heading in the near future and maybe in the long-term future? Well, I think uh, immediately next up, uh, we have the new uh, AMD miner in the works. So mm -hmm. currently there are two you know, brands of uh, graphics card manufacturers. There's AMD and NVIDIA. And up until recently, uh, NVIDIA has been significantly more powerful than AMD uh, on Vertcoin's specific mining algorithm. Uh, so we've been working on a new AMD miner that should balance out that disparity somewhat. Uh, and then on top of that, we have uh, a new set of wallets uh, that we're working on that are going to incorporate you know, the Lightning Network and eventually atomic swaps once they're ready for you know, mass market usage. Mm -hmm. Okay, awesome. So one thing we like to do in the crypto class, James, is get an exclusive so do you have an exclusive today for the podcast? Anything, any information about Vertcoin in the future or something that's coming up, any news coming up? So if you have anything um, that you can announce on the show. Oh, I mean, I'd, I guess it's, it's not really a secret or an announcement, but I suppose several months ago, if you look on the website, I alluded to, you know, forming a foundation. Um, that's something that we're definitely you know, looking into because uh, obviously, you know, the development fund is worth 
you know, more now than it was when a lot of those funds were donated. And yeah. so mm, definitely, we yeah. need, you know, more legitimate structures to exist, you know, being incorporated in an actual location that will allow us to you know, get code signing certificates and what have you. So forming a foundation that's coming sooner than you might think. Yeah. So uh, where where will this foundation sort of take Vertcoin or what, what will be the, the main basis behind it? Well, it's essentially uh, to, you know, we already accept donations. Uh, we already, you know, perform lots of work, but some entity that isn't just me uh, needs to take custody of the funds, uh, you know, to pay taxes and various other things. That's that's awesome. Um, so one thing I think is quite interesting and quite exciting is the... Uh, the fact of halving the block sizes. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing with that? Well, so when Vartcoin was created, uh, as well as you know Bitcoin and Litecoin, the amount of coins that would be created was, was fixed ahead of time. And the amount of coins that are created per block uh, halves on Vartcoin every four years. So we're coming up to our first halving uh, around the 12th of December, mm-hmm. where the amount of coins that are created per block reduces from 25 uh, sorry 50 to 25 um, so fewer coins uh, will be being created so the inflation rate will decrease but what it means is that half of the coins uh, that will ever exist will have been emitted at that point okay um, so James I think we've had enough of vertcoin for the moment <laughs> let's find out a bit about yourself so okay. can you tell us something about yourself people may not know so the thing is is there are lots of things that people don't know because i feel like people don't know me very well um, <laughs> that's why you're here <laughs> hmm something that people don't know yeah i have an idea okay awesome. so when i when i was a lot younger before i did vertcoin and what have you i you know thought that i was you know reasonably good at like electronic music production so uh if you can find it i actually have a soundcloud somewhere uh oh. with a number of songs on it. We might link it in this uh, podcast. Well, <laughs> we might use as an intro. The, I'll leave. I'll leave the URL of the the SoundCloud as an exercise to the reader uh, or the <laughs> yeah. listener in this case. Yeah, awesome. But uh, I'm sure it wouldn't be too hard to find if you knew how to use Google. So, what sort of what sort of music? I know electronic music production, but what's what genre? Yeah, so I guess like I'm mostly into like UK garage, uh, drum and bass, you know. Mm. That kind of thing. Uh, I guess like it's like underground British electronic yeah. music, essentially. And it's how long were you doing that? I tried it. I mean, I you know I was like a teenager at this point, but you know I used to spend my evenings sitting in front of you know, digital audio worksta- workstation making beats. If you listen to it now, it sounds quite cringy, but <laughs> back then I thought it was good. <laughs> okay, so. I know you're a big fan of our show, James. Uh, one thing we like to do is play a game with our guests. And the way we make these games is we loosely rhyme the name of the game with the guests. So okay. this week, I'd like to welcome you to James Lovejoy, Do You Know More Than My Boy? <laughs> that's, that's brilliant. So, so today we're playing a quiz game. It's going to be you... Uh, versus Tamer I'm in a his, quiz. I'm his boy. He's my boy, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so 
let's come up with buzzers for both of you guys. Uh, <laughs> James, you have a like, buzzer you'd like to use? Like, do I have a buzzer to Just hand? make a noise. Just make... Give us a noise. Say vert. And Tammy can say coin. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's good. I like that. But yeah, see, we're, coin. Look at the promotion there. <laughs> All right. We're promoting the name in the game. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I haven't seen these questions, yeah. so... <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. James Lovejoy, do you know more than my boy? Sodium bicarbonate is often better known as what? Coin. Bicarb soda. Uh, I guess yeah, baking soda. Oh, same thing. Uh, that's one. <laughs> Are hell- they the same thing though? I think bicarbonate of soda is different from baking oh. soda. Is it? We need a it might we need be. a judge on this. Okay. I mean, do you know the right answer? <laughs> yeah, well, it said baking soda. <laughs> Wait, one of the things with our podcast, James, is we're very um, technologically advanced. Yeah. So, um, in Australia, <laughs> we um, we use this thing called Google. So, let me Google it. Um, we've got our tech advisors behind the doors um, onto it. Mom! No, I mean... <laughs> Mom! You, you, have, you have to realise that all of the real journalists, they're also using Google for all of that research. Google is life at the end of the day, really. So, the differences. Chemical reactions. Bicarbonate of soda is a pure leavening agent and must be mixed with moisture and an acidic ingredient, such as lemon juice, chocolate or honey, to work. <laughs> Okay. Baking powder is ready to go with its own no, acidic baking, ingredient. What, what about baking soda? Is baking soda the same? Yeah, as baking, baking soda the same thing. So they're different. So what does that mean? So, what is life? <laughs> <laughs> so what? What do we do there then? I don't know. <laughs> well, this game's off to a flyer. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next question. <laughs> okay. James Lovejoy, do you know more than my boy? What is Samuel L. Jackson's middle name? Coin. Lewis. No. <laughs> James, this is a free shot at you for you. Lovejoy? Oh, I don't know, Liam. No. I want to give you guys a hint. Did you ever watch that World of Warcraft video of that guy that runs into the thing and he screams out a name? Leroy. Um, uh, he didn't use his buzzer. <laughs> no, shut up, Tamer. But Leroy. <laughs> Good. Okay, one nil. Okay, which is the hottest planet in our solar Coin. system? Well, the- there's delay. Give him a chance. There's no delay. <laughs> Actually, it's probably like 300 milliseconds of delay. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, which is the hottest planet in our solar system? Mercury. No. I can say Venus. Yes. Oh. Two. Isn't what? Which planet is closest to the sun? Yeah, but you see, Venus has like a thicker atmosphere. Yeah. Mercury has no yeah. such thing. And they don't have air conditioning in Venus. Oh, true. <laughs> uh, which two colors feature on the flag of Ukraine? Coin. Yeah. What is it? Yellow and blue. Yep. Good, Tamer. You're not embarrassing us too much. (laughs) Flags are my specialty. (laughs) So this is a bit of algebra here. It's really simple. James is going to annihilate this one. Yeah, piece of paper. (laughs) It's so easy. Okay. Calculus. 3A plus 21 equals 30. What is the value of A? Yeah, uh, coin. (laughs) What is it? Three. Yeah. Yes. So it's two all. Okay. 
Does that we have? And, to uh, and I'll go with five questions, <laughs> which you guys screwed up the first uh, question. Does that mean we have to uh, agree on a draw? No, surely we can't. No, you can't. James, you want to draw? Or you want to go for the win? Go for the kill. What? Well, what? That makes it like a best of. So it's a best of five, but since you guys um, kind of screwed up the first question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We thought five questions, you know, would give enough to sort of come up with a winner, but unfortunately, Dem chose the it wrong didn't. first question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are you guys ready? Yeah. I'm ready. I was born ready. <laughs> AU is a symbol... Coin! Of- Shut up, Tamer. <laughs> Let me read the question out. You're really my, my path. Uh, I already know what you're going to say. AU is a symbol of which chemical element? Oh, uh, coin. <laughs> but. Okay. Because you jumped the gun, Tamer. <laughs> James, please enlighten me. AU? Yeah. This He's looking silver. it up. I can hear him. No, it's not silver. Tamer. Gold. Yes. Go the Aussies. <laughs> yeah. Wait, did I get it backwards? Yeah, I think you did. No. <laughs> so, James Lovejoy... You're not smarter so, than my boy. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's awesome, awesome. Thanks for thanks for playing uh, the game, and um, hopefully we'll get you back on in the near future. And this time you can uh, battle Dem. Dem sort of thinks he's the master of general knowledge, so that'd be an interesting one. If my skills of getting questions is as good as my answering, then I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think yeah, so. so we really appreciate you coming on to our show, James. Um, we'd love to have you on in the near future, and we wish all the best for Verkhoin. Definitely, definitely. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Beautiful. We'll catch you soon. Well, we hope all you Verkhoinians, I made a name up for, enjoy that interview. What about Verdians? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> It was a great interview, learnt a lot, and we're definitely keeping a keen eye on Verkhoin. And I should have won that game, by the way. I don't know. Baking soda. Let us know if you know. It's the same thing. This is not a crypto podcast, it's the element podcast. It's the same thing. Um, But, speaking of... Can we not do the segue for this? (laughs) No, speaking of, that'll be something we'll have to learn. Yep. Which leads us to what we learnt this week. Alright, Tamer. Let's crack open the beer. It's a nice hot day today. Mm. Have a beer and have a bit of a chat about what we learnt. That's it. So, my friend Tamer, my boy Tamer, <laughs> what did you learn this week? Um, I think I think what I learnt this week is that, which I kind of already had an inkling of, but it was further reinforced, is the amount of projects and some of the projects out there that are actually groundbreaking and actually um, have a real-world use and can solve a lot of problems and sort of cover any lacking areas of other projects. Yep. For example, we just had Vertcoin on, yep. which is a perfect example of a coin. That's um, vertical. <sighs> that's, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's usable um, and it sort of covers a bit of the issues that have been brought forth with other currencies with similar aspects to it, in a sense. So, yeah, well, so, I can't add to this. Like, every no, this CEO that doesn't have real of use, why does it have to be in the blockchain? Like, it's just a money grab at the moment. Yeah, yeah, but um, that's kind of not what I was saying. But <laughs> anyway, I guess that's pretty much like very basic. Yeah. Um, but again, it kind of goes back to what I always say every week in that, you know, crypto is here to stay and there's so many projects out there that I'm sure in the in the future are just gonna be booming okay awesome what have you learned mate 
Alright, I've got a simple lesson this week. So I've learnt this in the past few weeks, actually. Is that I should have held on to some of my Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who knows where it's going to end up, the price of Bitcoin. Mm. I think every portfolio should, at least, if you're going to hold cash or fiat, physical gold and Bitcoin and property. But Bitcoin is up there with... How much money do you have, mate? Yeah, but you can have like a bit of each. You don't have to have it all. A bit of a property. Yeah. Just have the toilet or something. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Bitcoin's at the point where not almost everyone should have at least an investment in it because who knows how big you can get. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you, you never know. Like, you know, when, when I first looked at it personally, quite recently, I saw it at, you know, one, one and a half grand or two grand or something. And I was like, oh, it's so expensive yeah. compared to where it started. Yeah. Now look. You know, yeah, so like you kind of never ten know years just look at it when it's two hundred fifty thousand, and you're yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Can you remember imagine? Maybe it was just ten thousand. Yeah. All right, that's a good lesson. So that sort of brings us to the end of our episode. Yeah, it does, Hamer. A great episode. We're back Thanks. with another big, cracking episode next week. Let's hope so. All right, Hamer. Let's wrap this up. Good no. night. No. What? Right. <laughs> what? We did this at the start. We've done this every episode. You can't say good night. Why? This is the podcast of worldly nature. Okay. Well, how about bye? Crypto class. Oh, oh, oh.